Haven't spoken to Colin Peacock for quite some time before lockdown, in fact, and he's in our Wellington studio for Midweek Media Watch. Kia ora, Colin. G'day, Karen. Yeah, back in the chair. Feels really weird. <laughs> Does it? Late night for you? Yeah, oh, that's okay. You know, I've, I've done plenty of later ones over lockdown. Believe you me, my whole schedule just went completely out the window. It's all been rather strange, hasn't it? Yeah, but I'm still alive and uh, everything feels curiously normal now that we're able to set foot in our own premises again and talk to you down the line rather than some grotty Skype or phone connection. Uh, much, much better. <laughs> true. That's true. The studio uh, sound is much nicer, isn't it? Sure is. Okay, we are talking US tonight and so much has been going on in the last few days. Yeah, I know. I mean, of course, there's been a lot on your program tonight and every other program. But in terms of media, uh, I mean, well, it is such a dominant story. Uh, so we'll have a look at uh, in Media Watch coming up this weekend, a longer look at that issue of um, journalists covering it and how they've been targeted by police officers and also in some instances by the protesters as well and quite why that's happening. And also what um, what protections they have, because... You know, the media are pretty effective in, uh, you know, surfacing instances of mistreatment. Um, And these days with social media, uh, we see that a lot. For example, there was uh, one you might have seen in the news where a Channel 7 team from Australia uh, were in, I think, Washington. And their cameraman was punched uh, directly by uh, an advancing riot policeman. And uh, that was filmed from several angles. So the, the, the breakfast time TV audience in Australia actually saw the the fist and the forearm of the, the policeman uh, smash into the camera lens and then we were able to see it from several other lend, uh, angles. Now, these um, incidents have been uh, mentioned by Scott Morrison, the Aussie Prime Minister. He says he wants the Australian embassy in Washington to investigate this and, and get answers. We've seen another incident in Germany where a German crew from uh, Deutsche Welle, their national broadcaster, uh, same deal, preparing to go on air and they were um, arrested and uh, and roughed up a bit. So uh, the German foreign minister has complained about that. So this is really not doing anything at all for um, for America's sort of soft power, is it? You know, the, the the impression that the people have in them around the world. Absolutely not. And bringing it home too, uh, Taika Waititi, who got a ONZM in the New Year's Honours, yeah. uh, he's had a bit of a beat up. Yeah, he has. Um, this is a yeah, different kind of beat up, but I see what you did there. Uh, it's, I felt sorry for him, really, because uh, what he did was he played, this is um, Killer Mike, who I'm, I'm not familiar with, but he's a bit of a figure in Atlanta. And um, he, uh, this is a, one of the most shared viral videos, I think, that's come out of all the coverage. Uh, it was a press conference in Atlanta called by their police chief, and they got him uh, to say a few words to the the people who are basically his audience and who he holds sway with in Atlanta. He uh, urges angry people not to burn their house down, which is what he said. He urged them to plan and strategize politically. But let's just hear a little blast of, of what uh, Killer Mike had to say in that press conference. It wasn't just Dr. King and people dressed nicely who marched and protested to progress this city and so many other cities. It was people like my grandmother, people like my aunts and uncles. So I'm duty bound to be here to simply say that it is your duty not to burn your own house down for anger with an enemy. It is your duty to fortify your own house so that you may be a house of refuge in times of organization. And now is the time to plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. 
It was an incredible speech. Yeah, he was quite emotional before that. That was him when he pulled it together a bit, but he was almost in tears at the start and saying he didn't want to do this. But Taika Waititi was one of many, many people who picked up on that, commented, uh, shared it on social media. He urged people to listen to it all. Uh, some people uh, responded to him in comments saying, look, you've got no place telling uh, American African-American people how to respond. Uh, he was accused of, I think, policing uh, their anger. And this is something he simply didn't do. He just said, listen to this, it's important, and did make some comment like there is another way other than being angry or a way to direct anger. But that, that's not the same thing as telling people what to do. And maybe it's predictable. Someone with a profile like him uh, you know, will then have stories written off the back of that for media here. A couple in the UK as well. You know, Taika Waititi brutally criticised for policing, in quotes, black people's anger. But I think that's really unfair on him. And it, to me, it's got echoes of that time a couple of years back where he was doing a, an overseas interview for a music website. And he said that uh, New Zealand was racist as F when asked about it in comparison with Australia. And after that, everyone from the Prime Minister down was asked to comment on this and was described as, you know, wading into the controversy. And it's all done for clicks, and I really wish our media would, and others would stop doing it. You know, fair enough. I was just going to say, uh, my son showed me a great site for seeing, you know, um, just short videos that people have actually shot right around the States uh, of the protests that not many people have seen, and it's called Actual Public Freakouts. Do you know that site? <laughs> no, no, that's a new one on me. Yeah, it's reddit.com, and then you forward slash Actual Public Freakouts. It's got some of the most horrendous videos on it, like, you know, of, of brutality. Oh, no, that, yeah, that that's unfortunate. But with that that Killer Mike speech, I mean, obviously that's quite a provocative name there, isn't it? That's part of his music identity. Uh, but he is a genuine civic leader, I believe, and an activist in, in Atlanta, which is why they had him on that forum. And um, Oh, he's on... very eloquent. He was extremely eloquent in that speech. Yeah, if you look at it online, you'll see whole strings of comments because he's wearing a shirt that says, Kill Your Masters on <laughs> yes, it. Yes, he is, <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm sure there's some context to that that I don't quite get. But yes, it, it, it is an ironic look where he is... Um, basically urging people uh, not not to um, destroy their own neighbourhoods and to direct their anger in another way, a political way, with you know the election later in the year in mind. But there was another interesting take on this, which is purely a coincidence. Um, listening to a podcast that uh, Jeremy Rose, remember him? Uh, Jeremy, yes, of course. Jer- yeah, Jeremy put me onto this. It's an Irish economist who does very long but extremely listenable podcasts. Uh, his name's David McWilliams, and he actually opened uh, the uh, yesterday's edition of his podcast uh, with a, a, a longer uh, cut of Killer Mike, and this is uh, David McWilliams' take on that speech by Killer Mike. Isn't it amazing that the speech the president should have given was given by a rapper and the speech that you'd expect a rapper to give about shooting and looting was given by the president. It has been a very strange week. I'm not sure about that because Killer Mike said we've got a dumbass president that were his exact words. Yeah, pretty much. But I, I see what he's saying there yes. with the speech we should have given when, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you do have a president who's saying, well, what does he he said when the uh, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, and yeah, that that clearly isn't helping anyone. But um, now, interesting to hear it because um, yeah, I think there've been echoes of things that musicians and prominent people have said that are you know coming back again and again. And uh, in fact, Je- Jennifer Frost mentioned some of it in that interview. Earlier. 
Right, where are we going to now? Fox News, will we, do we know what they've said? Yeah, well, uh, again, this is, is just on that theme, actually, of the musical echoes. So with um, Fox News, one of the things that that struck me was when I looked through a whole string of American front newspaper front pages about um, what's happening, these were on, on the weekend and Monday, um, a lot of them were just the entire front page taken up with all the strife and chaos uh, across the country. But a lot of them had the lower part of it or bottom right-hand corner photographs of Donald Trump and Mike Pence at Florida, I think it was, for that SpaceX launch, you know, the Elon Musk spaceship, and a lot of patriotic flag-waving, we're back in the the space uh, race and so on. And there was a pretty funny moment on Fox News where... Uh, it was one of those ones where it's, um, it, it's uh, approval of Trump was absolutely front and centre, so sort of partly a reporter but really a cheerleader. But the reporter here, and what we're about to hear, she was in Washington with the backdrop of protests going on, trying to introduce uh, a recorded bit of uh, Trump speaking about this uh, rocket launch, and they couldn't get it to play in the studio. So in the silence in the background, what you actually hear is instead of hearing Trump uh, and some platitudes about this uh, achievement of the space rocket, you actually hear the protesters in Washington um, chanting, I I can't breathe. Have a listen. Such a huge day for President Trump. He went down on Wednesday. He went back again. He wanted to be there. He has made space such a huge priority in his administration. And right after the launch, he was asked, why did you want to be there? Why was this so important to you? Here was his response. Gee. <laughs> yeah, and you can't see the pictures, obviously, but it was pretty funny as they all sat there in the studio and the reporter staring into her camera, um, you know, alarmed about the fact that they weren't hearing this this thing. They'd, they'd set up Trump in that greasy manner for his soundbite about the rocket, but instead were hearing, um, you know, the angry voices of the protesters. So, yeah, genuinely cringy moment there. But it made me all think uh, that juxtaposition of the, the rocket and, um, and, you know, all the chaos going on of... Uh, the, that musical poem by Gil Scott Heron, it's um, Whitey on the Moon. Do you know that one? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that was exactly uh, a, a complete, almost like a, a repeat, 50 years on almost to the day, highlighting, you know, billions of, it was taxpayer money back in those days. This is private sector money, I guess, mostly the, the SpaceX thing, but all that money going up in moon and space missions while urgent social needs went unmet in the US. And I wasn't the only one, actually. I, I had a little Google around to see, look, did that parallel strike anyone else? And sure enough, uh, the Guardian's correspondent in Washington made exactly the same uh, connection in, in a PC called, uh, what did he headline it here? Trump wants America looking at the stars as he drags it through the gutter. And he made the point that actually um, on the eve of the Apollo 11 launch in 1970, uh, there were uh, protesters at Cape Kennedy, as it was then, uh, actually vocally um, making their presence felt as people gathered to um, to celebrate the the next rocket going to the moon. Interesting. A couple of texts have come through. Uh, this text says Colin's got it wrong. It was Tyker's tweet about t-shirts stealing protesters. But that Absolutely. wasn't that wasn't the one they wrote the news stories off. That no, was that was yes. him sharing the 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 Killer Mike video and saying there is a better way uh, to direct your anger or for people to direct anger. But he wasn't telling African Americans how they should be dealing with their anger. It wasn't that at all. Yes, and this text says, "Why does it surprise you that Killer Mike is eloquent? Something to reflect on." Well, I really do have to answer that. It's because he had no notes. 
Uh, he spoke for, he probably, he may have spoken longer than I saw, but eight minutes when usually uh, people are reading off notes. And I find Americans are incredibly good at that, those stand-up speeches. Mm, and he made it absolutely clear. He said, I do not want to be here. He was deeply uncomfortable at the start and then grew into it. And you could sense uh, that was, I think the bit we heard was from the middle and towards the end, he's actually getting a bit more angry and then winds it back down again as, he, as he's, well not angry but he's being more forceful and trying to push his message across that you have to organise politically, you have to get it together and that was that was his whole point. You're going to end with some music, a little bit of Marvin. Yeah, well I was thinking about this because um, with that uh, parallel when I was looking for the, the whitey on the moon to see if it occurred to anyone else uh, I ended up on a music blog called um, The Listening Post and they also made this connection and um, and he said, actually, uh, the author of this post said, the better song is Marvin Gaye. Uh, he did one inner city blues on that famous album, What's Going On? This was a year later, 1971. Um, and I've heard it lots of times, and it's the closing uh, track on it, on that famous album. But I hadn't quite realised that he was also making that point about the spending that could be going on social needs and so on. And, uh, you know, the track refers to panic and Trigger Happy Policing, so a real uh, track of its time. We'll hear a bit of it now. Oh, it was nice to get a chance to play that, Colin, because I haven't got time to play a track to end the programme tonight, so at least we've got a bit of music <laughs> A little in. bit of Marvin, yeah, and just half an hour after that I went to David Williams' podcast and he made the same connection. Marvin Gaye was telling us all this 50 years ago and nothing's changed, so kind of sad, but uh, yeah, it's, it's funny how all these things uh, come up when people are looking at such big issues and what's going on in the US today. Hey, great to talk to you again. Indeed. And you're, you're back with Media Watch on the weekend. Sure thing, yep, after the 9 o'clock news on Sunday. Thanks so much, Colin. That's Colin Peacock.